The following production is part of the Play Some Video Games Podcast Network. And welcome to Board with Video Games, the gaming podcast that strives for the right balance of coverage for games you play on your table and on your television. You could think of us as the Brian O'Connor and Dominic Toretto of gaming podcasts. We're a proud member of the PSVG Podcast Network and thrilled to be part of the Dice Tower Network as well. I'm one of your hosts, Kyle, and joining me on this co-op adventure, the guy who is both fast and furious. Josh, how are you doing this evening? You nailed it. Fast and furious. That's that's totally me. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm tired. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm also tired. It has been a long weekend, and we're recording this on a Sunday, which we usually don't. But my schedule this coming week is really busy, and you were gracious enough to to let Sunday happen. So I appreciate that. Please, we've both accommodated each other plenty. That uh, it's not a problem at all. So here's the big question, though. Are you a fan of the Fast and the Furious franchise? What a what a tough question that is to answer. Um, as a franchise, not so much. Um, oh, really? However, there are some real winners in the movies before it became a comic book movie. <laughs> um, I think Fast Five might be one of the top 10 best heist movies ever made. Um, that was really surprising to me. <laughs> um, I've seen them because my wife is a fan. Okay. We haven't seen the last one, I don't believe. Fast 8? Uh, 8, yeah. We yeah. saw 7 at the drive-in. Ooh, uh, that's appropriate. Thematically yeah. <laughs> fitting. <laughs> yes. Uh, we haven't seen 8, but I've seen every other one. Um, I would. Uh, I would say... Too Fast, Too Furious is probably my least liked movie in the series, which is the second one. Um, Are you, is this counting Tokyo Drift? I liked Tokyo Drift. I know, okay. I know I'm in the minority on that one, uh, which is fine. Uh, um, and then, yeah, Fast Five is probably my favorite of the series. How about you? Gotcha. Are you a fan? I am not a huge fan, actually, <laughs> and I know that I, I tend to be an outlier when it comes to that, but they have just never really done much for me as far as movies go, and they have just gotten to the point now where they're so ridiculous and over the top yeah. that it's it's hard for me. I don't quite know what they're supposed to be anymore. Uh, do you have any desire to go see Hobbs and Shaw? Uh, you know, I've actually been hearing really good things about it, um, maybe because it's less of a Fast and Furious movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's in like that extended universe, I guess. Um, I'm a big Idris Elba fan uh, as well. So him being the bad guy is not hurting that, but I won't see, right. I mean, I don't see movies in theaters anymore. So, <laughs> uh, unless I really make an effort to go. So I, that definitely will be something I wait for a video. What was the last movie you saw in a theater? Uh, and the game. That's not that long ago. Yeah, but then I the last movie I saw before that was in Infinity War. Okay, 
So I guess a movie a year, no big deal. Since the kid, since the kid was born, we don't really see films in theaters anymore. Gotcha. I don't go. I don't have a good excuse, but I don't go as often as I would like to. Spider-Man: Homecoming. No, Spider-Man: Far From Home. I always do that, and I don't know why. But Spider-Man: Far From Home was the last movie I saw in the theater. To put it this way, yesterday was the first time I saw Captain Marvel. Oh wow! What did you think of Captain Marvel? I loved it. I thought it was great. I actually watched it twice yesterday. (laughs) Oh dang! Yeah, dang! All right. Well, hey, this isn't a movie podcast, though sometimes it definitely seems like a movie podcast. It's a gaming podcast, so thanks so much for joining us this week, everyone. As always, if you have any feedback, questions, suggested topics, hit us up at Board with Fiji on Twitter, or check out all of the awesome stuff that's being posted over on the Instagram, also Board with VG. We are a proud part of Play Some Video Games, and PSVG is on Patreon. We are absolutely thrilled with the support you have given us there thus far, and if you'd like to monetarily support what we do, you can find us there at patreon.com slash PSVG. But the most important thing is just that you listen and maybe share our podcast with someone else who you think may enjoy it. And we're also a member of the Dice Tower Podcast Network. So if you enjoy our conversations about board games and would like to dive deeper into that world, we encourage you to check out the Dice Tower Podcast as well as all the other members of the network. No matter what type of board games you enjoy, there's a podcast on the network that is right for you. As I mentioned last week, we are doing some audio things differently. I think last week's episode turned out pretty solid. Hopefully this week's episode will turn out pretty solid as well. Uh, As we get used to our new recording and how we're doing it, I apologize for any keyboard clacks, mice (laughs) clicks, ASMR sounds that may happen. We're getting used to it. It'll It'll be all better. By episode 100, which is crazy to wow. think that we're almost episode 100. Yep. But we're getting there. Um, so it is a, a week where we typically talk about uh, the games we've been playing. But Josh, I'm going to throw you a curveball. And it's a pretty big curveball. So before we talk about games, obviously there's been a few tragedies that have happened over the weekend in the United States. Which is unfortunate but also at this point in our country uh not unsurprising uh which is even a sadder state i think but obviously whenever you know bad things happen people look for reasons why and again once again video games have become a reason why josh what do you think about all of this uh blaming of video games for the incidents that happened over the weekend well <clears throat> I don't know that my thoughts have changed on that. Uh, I think it's what's really sad is like watching this stuff like unfold live pretty much on social media, Twitter specifically. People just like jump on the blame wagon before they know any details or mm-hmm. all the details or whatever. Um, it's just terrible what happened in both situations. And yeah. We're in a situation where one of these has very specific reasons why it was done and it's still being ignored because people don't want to accept the truth. So what they do is they blame what they don't understand. And that's just where we are in government. It's just an age thing that there are older white males who don't understand video game culture and think it's violence and... I'm not trying to be political, so I'm not going to be political. But instead of blaming things that they could be blaming, they are looking towards something that has become the scapegoat for violent acts. And unfortunately, I don't see that changing. 
Um, and it's not like something that we can just say, you're wrong, stop that. Like, it's, that's not going to fix that problem. I don't know what it is. I'm not saying not to say anything to defend video games or 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 movies or film, whatever. Um, but when it's a day out or even the same day, I don't know that having a fight about it is helping anybody uh, between lawmakers and and gamers or people defending that. Like, there's people mourning. It's terrible. Uh, so we need to let it run its course and then we need to defend our hobby our our thing that our, the thing we do that we know doesn't cause this um you know and we'll go back to this like we're doing debates what two years too early and this will be a hot topic in the next round of debates and i'm just going to go back into that defensive mode where we have to defend what we do to people who don't understand it and it's just that violent cycle where it just comes back around and keeps coming back around to video games. And then we have some time off and then it's back to video games are to blame again. Like, I don't know, history repeating itself. No matter how often people say that we try to avoid it, it's, it seems unavoidable. I don't know. I don't know, Kyle. It sucks. And, and you know, it's scary. We're in a time where you can't even go to Walmart without yeah. having to worry. And, yeah. you know, it's it's too bad uh, that we have to go through this. But that's my two and a half cents. I hear you. It, it's interesting because a couple weekends ago, I went to a concert. And while I was at that concert, I very clearly had thoughts of, you know, this could be really bad potentially. Yeah. It was something I thought about. And I've never consciously that I can recall thought about that before in a situation like that, where I've been with a lot of people and saw things going, even at, you know, with my work and the trainings we have to do for that, I still think of them very much as, Oh, this is a training in case something, but I never truly, truly think that, Oh, this could happen here. And I don't know what it was, but when I was there, I, I just had the feeling of, okay, what would I do? If something happened, what would I do? And it almost like making a plan for, what my my strategy was going to be should something occur. And I felt that was really sad that that was a thought I had and an actual thought I had. And I came up with a thing I would do in case things started turning south. Yeah. So I don't know what the answer is. I think clearly whatever we're doing, which is basically nothing at this point, uh, is clearly not working. So yeah. probably <laughs> we should do something. Um, do I have all the answers? No. Uh, but it sure seems that what we're doing now isn't working. And while I'm not usually a fan of just doing something to do something, I, I like taking the time to be planful and thoughtful and make some good decisions about what we're going to do and why it's going to help and all of that. I'm kind of at the point where whew, I can't imagine it's going to get much worse. So let's just try almost anything at this point. Something's got to be better than what's going on right now. So. Yeah. But hey, that is the world we live in currently. Hopefully things will improve. I don't think that uh, video games are what caused this. But yeah, you know, politicians going to pol be political, I guess. So, <laughs> and as you said very well, just looking for something that they can grasp on to blame rather than having to maybe take a hard look in the mirror and really think about you know, their role and their jobs and their responsibilities. But yeah, 
So, all right. Well, hey, you know, every once in a while, we got to, you know, keep it real with what's going on. But we're fortunate that a lot of the time on this podcast, we talk about fun, exciting, lighthearted things. So let's turn back to that a little bit. Josh, what have you been playing on your tabletop lately? Well, I don't know if you noticed, Kyle, but I didn't really fill out the sheet. I do- I did notice. <laughs> Which I usually do very well. Uh, um, it's pretty weird. I told my wife today. Uh, in fact, I forgot about just one thing. I, you know, I said, you know, we've been back from vacation for two weeks and I haven't played a video game or a board game since then. Is this is this your way of telling me you're retiring from the show? <laughs> no, I think it's I think <laughs> it's a call for help. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I mean, I, pro- I I have a general idea. So I did play one game, it, but it, it's a video game board game. So I'll talk about it in in video games. <laughs> um, uh, we're you know my my job is relatively easy during. The school year, but when we're on summer break, it's a very hard job. Um, so much so that it almost makes up for how easy it is during the regular year. Uh, that being said, uh, I work during, you know, I'm working days, uh, no air conditioning. It's been, you know, 90 to 100 degrees with, you know, 70 to 80% humidity. Um, working a lot, very physical work, and now overtime, so. You know, work seven to five every day and then Saturday. So, you know, I get home and then I have to get the kid from my parents and then I spend the rest of the day with him until bedtime at eight o'clock. And then if I remember to shower, I shower <laughs> and then I go to bed and then I rinse, rinse and repeat. So um, it's tough to find time to do. Even when I do find time, it's it's tough to want to do anything. Yeah. And then like. The odd time I did find myself like on Friday night with something to do, I couldn't find anyone to play games with me. So <laughs> it's like just one of those situations where, uh, you know, it's tough to to make the time and then to want to do something with the time that I make, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, so it's not for the lack of want. Like I have the new Villainous expansion finally showed up last week. Um, I got a handful of board games I want to play. We get some more coming. We get Harry Potter Defense of the Dark Arts coming in tomorrow. It's it was supposed to be here Saturday. Um, we got board games coming, ready to play, but nothing yet, Kyle. No get no board games to report. We even missed Keyforge Friday because my buddy went to a game night that I couldn't get a babysitter to go to, so I didn't even get to play board games Friday night. <laughs> oh no! Um, when does school start for you? Uh, August 26th. So, I mean, the end is kind of in sight, right? Yeah, only uh, 24 days left. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to put positive spins on it here, Josh. I'm trying to put positive spins on it. Yeah, I mean, if I'm still alive in 24 days, that's positive, right? (laughs) That I would definitely count as a positive, absolutely. (laughs) So, when uh, you said you have games coming in, what are the things you are most excited about playing that is waiting for you to play? Oh, well, that's a good question. I mean, I'm really excited to uh, play Villainous with my wife. Um, I saw the Shipwreck Arcana, which is a game I kickstarted, which I really want to play. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, 
Shoot. I know I have games around. There's still there's still so many games. Uh, we'll, we'll probably dig into that two-player Harry Potter game as well as soon as it comes in. And then uh, we, we might uh, have a line on um, the expansion to Everdell. So I might be getting a copy of that this week. Very cool. Yeah, I got that in the mail the other day. So that is one of the reasons I dusted off and played a little Everdell without the expansion. Uh, just to get kind of rushed up so when the expansion arrived, I could jump in, which that part hasn't happened yet. But I got brushed up on Everdell, so that was good. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, for me, really on the tabletop. Oh, actually, a quick question for yeah. the Villainous expansion. Is it like the first one where it can be played standalone or mixed with the other characters? Yes. Okay. It's also I, standalone. I assumed so, but wanted to double check before I jumped into it. Uh, but yeah, for me, it's been a lot of playing things that I have already played. And I don't know exactly why that is. Sometimes I get into these moods where I just don't want to learn a new game right now. And I think <laughs> partially because of you, work has been very busy. Like since we both work in education, obviously we're getting close to school starting, though apparently some places started already. Which is crazy to me. But yeah, that is same here. I When I heard that, I thought that was <laughs> pretty ridiculous. But you know, I guess depending on where you grew up in the country, things are just different. But yeah, so, you know, school is getting close to starting. So work is definitely very busy right now. Um, and I think as a result of that, I I just haven't wanted to put in the brain power to learn something new. So play Fireball Island mostly because it was still set up. So I said, okay, <laughs> this is set up. Gonna cut, just play it again since it's there. Still, I, I don't, I don't know why I'm so bad at the game. Like, I don't get it. I'm not good at it. I'm not good at Fireball Island. And it's not a game that really you should be able to be quote unquote bad at. There's a lot of luck built in. There is a lot of ways for things to go right or wrong for you. But I just maybe my strategy is bad or how I approach trying to get the photographs to finish the game is is bad. Maybe I just don't think about the game correctly. But my goodness, I am not good at it. I Do you am think really maybe you're overanalyzing why you're not winning? <laughs> that could be. Maybe I should stop trying. Just try, just play to the game and just enjoy it. And, <laughs> you know, maybe you'll win. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good option that I haven't considered yet. So maybe I should try that and just stop trying to figure out how to win and just and just play the game. Get so maybe that'll be my brain. next way. Yeah. Stop <laughs> analyzing. So, yeah, so played that, um, still enjoyed, even though it hasn't gone well for me. Uh, definitely a cool, it has a presence, and I, I enjoy having it set up on the table, uh, but it definitely takes up a bit more room, and it's not a game you can really sit down and play well. It's definitely kind of a stand-up, walk-around-the-board the kind of a game. So, but anyway, played some Fireball Island. Like I had mentioned, jumped back into Everdell and played more of that game. Um, I did get the Pearl Brook expansion, so that is sitting ready be, to be played. Uh, and I still... Everdell is just such a good game. It's beautiful. Obviously, it got Best Art at the Dice Tower Awards. But even just the gameplay and the mechanisms behind it are so good. And there's so much replayability with it. And no two games really go the same it's just a really, really quality game, and I, I wish more people were talking about it and it was getting a little more love than it is because, my goodness, that game is so excellent. And I hope that they continue. I don't know if they have made announcements about future expansions, but I hope future expansions can continue to happen. 
Uh, and then the other game that I dusted off and played again was Spirits of the Forest, which we've talked about before. And I think it's just because I got Everdell and Spirits of the Forest in the mail at similar times and learned them similar to each other within a week or two. And I think I just – and the art is really good. I think I just kind of was in that mood for a, I don't think, super complex game, but just something that you can sit down, have fun with. And there's some interesting decisions to be made, but nothing that's going to absolutely melt your brain. So, yeah, just kind of jumping back into those oldies but goodies, if you would. Um, That's probably going to be how most of the rest of August will be for me. I can't imagine I'm going to – I have Edge of Darkness, which I really want to play. I haven't opened it yet because, you know, that's how those things go for me. But uh, that might be the next thing I try to learn, but that probably won't be until September, I would guess. So, that's been about it for me on the tabletop. And Josh, you did say you have played one board game, video game, video game, board game, depending uh, on how you want to look at it. <laughs> I have a feeling I might know what this game was. You definitely know what it was. And I'm is your experience like most other people's for with it? Well, my experience is different because I've played the board game. I have played the board game <laughs> maybe maybe a hundred times, <laughs> if not pretty close. Uh, in different versions. Um, so, and I just had this, oh, I, I was going to say, I, I think I decided I'm going to get Raiders of the North Sea on the Switch okay. tonight. Ooh, okay. Um, I was toying with this idea. We, we went to Target today. This is a life story. This is, I'm stealing this right out of Flux to Pose. This is a little uh, life story. We were at Target and... We're, you know, we're going through our finances for the week, and I'm like, well, I'll use my Target card so we have more to spend at the grocery store. So I, I go to look at my Target card, assuming I have set, a set amount, and then I realize they gave me more credit, and I didn't know. So I was like, whoa, I have a lot. So I was like, oh, do I buy a PSVR now? Because now I can afford it. <laughs> I posted it in our Discord, and, and I think only Devin was really like, yeah, why not? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I want to say, yeah, why not? But yeah, I know. I'm also trying to help be responsible. <laughs> so I think I decided I'll spend, I'll spend, instead of buying a PSVR, I'll just spend 40 bucks on eShop credit and then get and then get that. So anyways, that was my segue, random, that's how my brain works, Josh moment. Uh, I played Pandemic on the Xbox because... While Pandemic released on July 30th for uh, multiple yeah, consoles, um, th- it was free if you have Game Pass, uh, mm-hmm. which is, I mean, huge, right? Great. So Kevin Austin of, of PSVG fame messaged us and he's like, hey, I'm going to download this. You guys ought to teach me and we can play. Great. Cool. I'm at home. I wasn't planning on. Playing it, I had downloaded it though, and then Kevin started messaging our board game channel. Said, uh, it doesn't have multiplayer, only local, and I guess it doesn't have a tutorial, and I guess the aspect ratio is off, and it has a 1.7 out of 5 on user reviews, and I'm like, oh gosh. I guess I have to play this right now just to, <laughs> to see what is going on. So, um, so I fired it up. I played one full game uh, by myself. Uh, when you play solo, you play two characters. I put it on easy just to kind of get through the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it does have a tutorial uh, per se. Like, it does. It has a tutorial tab, um, but it's just like 
rules explanation. It's not interactive at all. Okay. So you can read how to play it. It's basically a digital rule book. Uh, the aspect ratio is fine. Uh, that, you know, people are just complaining to complain. Uh, the game looks fine. Uh, the game plays fine. Uh, fine is the keyword here. Uh, here's my problem with this game. Uh, they they put out same company, but they put out the Catan version uh, that doesn't support local multiplayer, uh, which I still haven't played because of that. Um, so they put this game out. Um, the trailers didn't really show much leading up to it. I was kind of looking for like gameplay, see what it was like. Um, if you're trying to get board gamers into the video game hobby or vice versa, this is like the worst way to do it. And it's by <laughs> the biggest company. And board right. games. Yeah. You have the budget to make a better game. Why not make a better game? Because it's an Asmodee digital release, yeah. right? Yeah. And uh, if you've played like Risk Global Domination on any of the consoles, you'll pretty much be familiar with like the control scheme and how things work, but at least that has multiplayer. Mm-hmm. Um, I did find the controls to be pretty uh, finicky. Um, when you're trying to move from city to city, it doesn't necessarily uh, go where you want it to go. And if you're trying to move and you don't realize you're moving to a city of a card you already have, it'll just use your card. Instead well, that's of, not good at all. Yeah, instead of telling you you don't have enough movement points to get there, it'll be like one out of four moves. And you're like, oh, cool. Boom. Oh, there goes my card. So uh, it doesn't do a great job at explaining what it's doing right uh, what i will say that is nice is the a the computer doing all of the setup and work and all the mm-hmm. in between round work that's nice to have that right um this game could have been honestly a hundred times better if they really put some effort into this game it is that's a lot better it could be like can in my head with the way game design is now, obviously they put they'd have to put more money into it. But this game, when you play it, I think it'll be easier to understand how much better mm-hmm. they could have made the game. Um, even when you play an app on your phone, most games have a pretty good, even Asmodee digital games, pretty good, usually narrated digital tutorial, especially right. like Isle of Sky. All these, you know, even even Cottage Garden has a better tutorial. And that's not a slam on cartridge card. It's just because of the type of game it is. Right, it doesn't right, need right. as an in-depth tutorial as Pandemic does. I, I just feel like it's taking advantage of people who already know the game. Even Plague Inc. has a better tutorial. And that's a game that people would very much confuse the two games uh, easily. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm just disappointed uh, because... I had friends who wanted to play it that have not played this game. So I'm disappointed that it doesn't represent our hobby well. Gotcha. And that's a real bummer to me that, like, it could turn people off from playing Pandemic. Yeah, it could. That's not good. (laughs) You very much sound like a dad currently. You know, I'm not mad. I'm not just Just disappointed. disappointed. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I am a disappointed dad. You're not wrong. (laughs) So right now, if you have Game Pass, yes, would you recommend people play it? No, don't even try it. Okay. If well, well I, I should I take that back. If you have an interest in the game, don't play this. Get the board game. Okay. If you don't think you'll ever play the board game, 
try it because may, maybe there's a chance it would want you to play the game. But mm-hmm. I don't see this winning anyone over into board games. I feel like this is doing the opposite, which is gotcha. just not good. Gotcha. But it's fine for me. Does that make sense? Like, I don't know that I'll play it again unless, like, I have friends over and they want to check it out. But I feel like I'd, there... I'd rather just play the board game at that point. That was going to be my question. <laughs> is there a reason you wouldn't just pull out the board game? Right. I'd rather just play the board game at that point. So, yeah, I probably yeah. I probably won't play it again. Okay. Well, that's a bummer. Yes. I was I was really sad at first that uh, and I think maybe it was Splig or someone. I think it was Splig had talked – had – when we tweeted out that it was going to be on Game Pass and who wanted to play, and he was all sad about it not being on PS4. Yeah. And I had commented about that it was odd that there isn't a PS4 release for this, but now I'm kind of over it. <laughs> maybe maybe it went through like PS4 support, like the, the process, and they were like, no, you can't put this game out on our console. <laughs> I mean, they've let some pretty bad things <laughs> no, onto know, the I console. <laughs> so don't know why this would be the one, but <laughs> all right. So pandemic on xbox maybe give it a pass definitely maybe (laughs) (laughs) all right carly ray um so i decided that i was going to even though i said i wasn't going to do this this is really weird what you have here for your video game (laughs) i know i know so i said when ea access came to PlayStation, I didn't really see a reason for me to get it because I don't play all that many EA games. But I am a, and have been actually for a long time, well, a little bit laughed now, but I'm a big MMA fan. I watched a lot of mixed martial arts from 2004 or so until about 2015, 2016. So for about a decade, I watched a lot of fights um, and not just UFC stuff. I was, I was pretty into it and i watched a lot of different organizations i would record things i would you know watch mma from japan and things like that in the middle of the night it was something i was really into and i enjoyed a lot and as a result of that i've always been interested in the ufc games so i played the first one that was a thq game then i played the first uh, ea version of it as well and then I kind of fell off the bandwagon and then EA Access rolled out and I had been thinking and looking and I started watching MMA again about six months ago or so. And I kind of wanted to get into get UFC three, but then I was like, oh, EA Access is coming. So I'm just going to wait. So I bit the bullet, got a year of EA Access for $30 because that was basically how much it would be to buy UFC three. So I was like, well, might as well get a year of this thing. And then I downloaded UFC three. So I have been playing that. And let me tell you, Josh. UFC 3, number one, it's very interesting because a lot of the stuff, this game isn't all that old. I think 2017, I think it came out. Uh, But a lot of the story mode and the intros to things feature fighters who are just not in the same situations they were when the game was made. So it's very interesting to see them prop up people who just aren't that important anymore, (laughs) (laughs) which is an interesting thing to do. Um but so I jumped in, created a character, and started doing a career mode. And I am on the one up from the lowest difficulty because I, I just really wanted to get my feet wet and kind of see how it was all going to go. So I'm not on the easiest difficulty, but just one step above. I am currently, I think, 23 or 24 and 1. I have the light heavyweight title and the heavyweight title. 
So I'm I'm cleaning I'm cleaning house. Uh, I I definitely need to uh, up the difficulty because I'm going to create another character once this one's done, and I'm going to bump up the the difficulty pretty significantly. But I will say overall, I really enjoy this game. It's a lot of fun, and it's in some ways more complex than you could ever imagine that it is. But in other ways, it's also far more simple than I thought it would be. The idea that just getting into play it is very simple. You know. You have the four face buttons, and they represent your four limbs. So you have two punches and two kicks on the face buttons, and then you block with R two, and you or you high block with R two, and you low block with R two L two together. It's about all you really need to get started to throw some punches and throw some kicks and and do all of that. But then things start getting far more complicated because you have modifier buttons. So if you hold L one or R one, it modify or them together, it modifies what your left or right high punch or high kick or low kick or it modifies what they do so once you start playing the game more and more and you start going against harder fighters and i'm assuming also once i bump the difficulty level up it's no longer just about throw two punches and you know throw two jabs and across now it becomes okay based on the defense this person has i have to you know fade in slightly to throw an uppercut to get through their defense and it becomes a much more complicated game uh, than you would maybe anticipate that it's going to be and that's also really true for when you're doing uh, the grappling and the submissions that there's kind of a spider web of effects that are happening there. And I think the bad part about that is that there can be moments where the game doesn't give you an introduction to the scenario you're in because there's so many different scenarios you could possibly be in in the game. So the, the way I got my one loss is I... <laughs> Had been a character got into a situation that they had never been in before, and I had never been in the situation. I didn't know exactly what I needed to do. So in my mind, I said, okay, from the control standpoint, I have to probably do one of three things. I tried the first two, but then I didn't get time to try the third one because I got knocked out. So, <laughs> but I, because I didn't know, because sometimes you have to hold down L2 or hold down R2 or hold down L1, and it gives you different options up on the screen once you do that. But by the time I cycled through all of those, I was knocked out. So it didn't go too well for me. Uh, but overall, I really enjoy it. I'm having a lot of fun with it. It is when I sit down to play games, I was thinking about, oh, I really need to play Outer Wilds. <clears throat> and because it was one of the games on the on the backlog challenge. But I keep just playing UFC 3. <laughs> so I'm enjoying it. I'm having a good time. I think I will finish the career I am in and then hopefully take a break from it and do some other stuff. But if you have EA access, I think it's an easy recommend. I think even if you aren't into MMA as a sport, if you like fighting games, you know, Street Fighter, Smash, that kind of stuff, that's ostensibly what this is because you get into combinations of, okay, you know, if you do L2, L1, and square, you do this move. But if you do L2, R1, and square, you do this move. So it is learning all of the combinations and all of that uh, and going through and, and learning your combos and all those good things. So if you're, like I said, if you like MMA, check it out. If you like fighting games, I still think it's worth a check out. Um, but yeah, that's UFC 3. Nice. Josh, it's one of my favorite times of the year. It's crazy to me that we're this close. So, dear listener, if you've been with us for a while, <clears throat> you might recognize that last fall we did this little contest called Metafall. And then we did it in the spring, calling it appropriately Meta Spring. Took a break this summer, but with the big slate of fall releases right around the corner, 
Metafall is making its return for 2019. So for the uninitiated, what is Metafall? Well, it's a contest that we do. And for the contest, it's pretty straightforward. We just want you, dear listener, to guess what you think games are going to get for their Metacritic score when they release this fall. We have curated a list of 10 games that we will go through. Josh and I are going to give our predictions today for what we think these games will be. But then you, dear listener, can submit your guess for what score you think these games are going to get. And for every point you are off, you earn a point. Or for every point your score is off, you get a point, I guess would be the best way to put it. So, for example, if you think Gears 5 is going to get an 85 and it gets an 88 on Metacritic, you would earn three points. If you said 85 and it gets a 95, you'd get 10 points. And in the end, we add up the total number of points you earned for each game and the person with the lowest score wins. So pretty straightforward little contest. I think it's a lot of fun. And I think we have a really interesting and fun mix of games for this fall. Just a couple other things to note, because this did happen last year. If a game gets delayed, but it's still within the the contest window, we still count it. Uh, But if a game is delayed out of the contest window, then it just goes away. So there's nothing, a new game won't be put right in to replace it. We would just be playing with nine games at that point. Um, we'll talk about at the end how you can get involved. I think I made it quite a bit easier this year. So hopefully we get a record number of participants. That would be great. But there are prizes as well. So if, and the prizes have expanded this year. We're doing more for prizes. So if you participate and win having the lowest total car, total score, uh, you will get a $60 gift card from Amazon. Ooh. And second, woohoo, <laughs> second place gets a $30 gift card Pause from Amazon. For applause. And finally, if you're the person who gets the most games scores exactly right and you didn't win one of the other two prizes, you will win a $20 gift card from Amazon. And if someone does not become eligible for that prize, we'll just figure out a different way to give away those $20. It'll be up to our discretion. We'll figure out something cool. I'll take it. (laughs) Or or Josh will take it. (laughs) One of the two. So that is the contest in a nutshell. Um, We will go through, walk you through what the 10 games are. And then at the end, I will give you all the information you need so you can participate as well. Josh, you know, I came up with this contest kind of on a whim last fall. Yeah. Do you, do you enjoy it? Do you think this is a fun thing to do or am I, or am I making you do this thing that you really don't like? (laughs) So far you haven't made me do anything I don't like. So that's good. So I do enjoy this. No, I, I enjoy the meta contests, uh, plural. Uh, they're very fun, and I just hope our listeners enjoy them as much as we do. That's what <laughs> that's what I'm more curious about. We also well, need spo- we need some sponsors to to give our listeners <laughs> this money. <laughs> I know sponsors will be good. I gotta plan ahead a little better for that to happen in the future. Maybe that'll happen for Meta Spring in 2020. Which is weird to think that 2020 is less than six months away at this point. I'm pretty sure if we do a board game one, we can easily find some sponsors. Yeah, I've thought about trying to do a board game one, but I don't know how to do that. Because board game release dates are even more fickle than video game release dates are. Yeah. And then do you go by score on Board Game Geek? Like, what do you go by? We'll figure something out. We'll do a board okay. game one, because I'm pretty sure we've had enough guests on here that... We can do some promoting of other companies and and get some nice things to give away, I bet. 
I bet as well. Okay, so we're going to go ahead. We're going to kick things off. We're going to go through and take you through the 10 games. We're going to give you what our score predictions are. And then, like I said, I will let you know at the end how you can participate as well. So, Josh, the first game that we are <clears throat> going to guess our scores for is a game in a long-storied franchise. Mm-hmm. And is a game that I think you are looking forward to. I know I am. That is Gears 5, which releases on September 10th. Mm. But you can play it, I believe, on September 6th if you have if you pre-order the Ultimate Edition or have <laughs> Game Pass Ultimate or one other reason or way that you can. Um, so September 10th-ish, uh, yeah. Gears 5 comes out. What do you say, sir? What will the Metacritic <clears throat> score be for Gears 5? Well, it should be noted, I, I filled all my answers out already. And you you happen to use my guess in your example. Oh, did uh, I really? For Gears. Um, I put it at an 88. An 88? Yeah. Why 88, sir? I'm not really sure where we're going to land on this game. Um, I played the tech demo. Uh, it's just basically multiplayer. Uh, it looks good. Um, it wasn't very fun. Uh, so I'm a little worried about the multiplayer aspect of the game. So, I think if I had a like a really good time playing the multiplayer, I would have probably bumped it up to maybe ninety or above. Okay. Um, I think, but I th- I think it's been established that the story is real, the real main focus of this game, just like the last games. Um, but I mean, with games coming out now, we still have to be a little cautious of where the focus is. Um, so. I feel like 88's, a pro- it might be even too high, uh, but I think it's a pretty solid score for a good Gears game with a great story, hopefully. So that's why I'm, I'm guessing just a little bit below 90. Gotcha. So we, the original Gears of War back in 2006 got a 94. Wow. And then Gears of War 2 got a 93. Gears 3 got a 91. And Gears 4 got an 84 wow that was that low yeah well and judgment was a 79 so but you know up until four you know the all those games had been over a 90 which is pretty impressive uh, obviously not including judgment yeah but that's that's pretty darn good because cracking 90 is is very challenging to do and i i feel like all of the games are or a lot of the hype for this game seems to be very positive right now. Uh, people who played the tech test seem to like it. I Again, like you said, it looked very beautiful. And that is something I think is going to have it in its favor. You actually took the score I was going to take. So I, I can't do that <laughs> because that would be not for the first game, at least. I got to mix it up a little bit. You can bit. do whatever you want. No, I'm not going to go the same. I'm going to say that this is going to be a return to form. I might regret this. It's going to be a return to form. They're going to get a 90. Okay. A two they two are, point swing isn't going to kill you. Well, well but it, it could. depends on which it direction. Yeah. <laughs> it really does depend. So for Gears Five, Josh gives it an eighty-eight. I say it's going to get a ninety. All right, sir. Next game on the list coming out September thirteenth. I know a game you have hotly anticipated. Yeah, here comes the Borderland- <laughs> <laughs> Borderlands Three, Josh. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm clocking it at a solid ninety-two. 92 why 92 well not only is the story again something that they do very well at and it's obviously the focus of the game but they're adding so much content to this game um back to couch co-op uh 
that's a, that's a big deal for I think a lot of people still. At least they make mm-hmm. it sound like it's a big deal. We'll see mm-hmm. if it mm-hmm. actually matters to them. Um, we we've seen that they're not changing too much of the style of the game and the humor of the game. So uh, anyone like if you look at how many people started to replay Borderlands Two, just you know because the a nostalgia from the trailer. For three, I really think it shows that the content is going to be pretty similar to Borderlands Two, um, except I'm gonna uh, I'm imagining bigger and better. So, um, and this is me not looking at the previous um, Metacritic scores, which, which maybe I should have done. But um, I think at this point we've seen a lot of games cross that ninety threshold that mm-hmm. we we haven't seen happen so much um, in the past. So I, I think. This is going to be one of those ones that pass that mark. All right. So Josh says Borderlands 3, 92. I mean, Borderlands 2 on the Vita got a 64. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe aiming a little high. No, I kid. I kid. Uh, I think most of the Borderlands games have been upper 80s. Upper 80s, I, I figured. Yep. Yeah. So um, you are definitely a bigger fan of Borderlands than I am. I like Borderlands. I feel you might be little more of the love borderlands yeah, yeah and i think that most of what i've heard about this game is that it is more borderlands yes yeah so i feel like the general score or so of of these games is going to hold true and i think that people might critics at least might dock it because it doesn't do enough new or enough different sure so i think borderlands 3 is going to clock in at I'm going to say an 86. So okay. that is where I'm going. So I have 86 for Borderlands 3. Josh has 92 for Borderlands 3. So a little more separation on this one than the previous. All right. The next game on the list is a game. Man, a lot of these are games that we're both looking forward to. Yeah. And is a Nintendo exclusive. That is The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening coming out September 20th. Josh, did you ever play the original? I know I didn't. I didn't. Um, I wasn't sure that I did until I found out it was a Game Boy Advance game, and I know I definitely did not play it. Gotcha. So, how do you think this game is going to shake out? Well, I, I'm very excited for it. Um, I added the switch. The switch tax. There's. It goes both ways. It goes positive in reviews and higher in costs. So, I added the switch tax to the to the score. So I put it at an 87 thinking it's probably really an 80 or an 82 but i gave it that that (laughs) nintendo bump that that uh happens with and i realized my hypocrisy with my borderland score right before this but i still notice it there is definitely a nintendo bump that is on every nintendo game um so yeah 87 uh i think it's gonna be a great game i think the only reason why it might not be higher is because it's uh, rumored to be very short mm-hmm. um, and I think we have to take that into account okay so I, I'm trying to decide with this game because there were the rumors out of or the feedback out of E3 was that this game chugged Yeah, and obviously there is time between then and when this game releases to fix that but I do wonder if that is going to completely get fixed by the time the game comes out now in general most Nintendo games this most Zelda games score very, very well. Yeah. And this is a actual uh, quote unquote true Zelda game. It is a remake, obviously, of 
you know, a, a game that existed prior, but this isn't, you know, Cadence of Hyrule yeah. or something like that. Yeah. So I think this game is probably going to score very well. Nintendo's had a solid year this year thus far. And I think between the nostalgia that people have for this game, I think between that, the fact that there's kind of the dungeon creation idea in it that you can do as well, I think is going to get some props for that. I'm going to go bold here. I'm going to say Link's Awakening. I'm going to say it gets a 93. Well, we are very far off from each other right now. <laughs> I know. And like I said, I'm I could be totally wrong and, and part of me I don't want, I don't want to be wrong. It wouldn't surprise me if this game came in much lower than that. Yeah. I just know that the there are a lot of people who are very much looking forward to it. So I think that might be playing in a little bit to where I'm at. So Cool. All right. So that's Legend of Zelda, Link's Awakening. Josh predicts an 87. I predict a 93. We're really high this year so far. That's for sure. So far. All right. So the next game on the list coming out October 10th is an entry from the folks at Ubisoft Ghost Recon Breakpoint. So, Josh, I'll, I'll kick this one off. Go mm. I have not been a huge fan of the Ghost Recon games. I don't not like them. They just don't really – they're not something that I really get into or, or sit really well with me. Now, they're doing a lot of different things in this one. Uh, I think how they're handling injuries and, and combat damage and things like that are interesting. I think not necessarily fully having a squad, if I recall, is being changed is interesting. So I think they're doing some different unique things. But I'm starting to wonder if it's enough different and unique things for a Ubisoft game because Ubisoft is kind of – the masters of open worlds at this point in that that is what they do. They make open world games that they want people to spend hundreds of hours in. And I don't know. I, I don't feel that the hype for this game coming into this fall is very strong. I think people really enjoyed the trailer when it released, but I think this one might miss the mark a little bit. So I'm going to give ghost recon breakpoint. I predict is going to get, I'm going to say an 82. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that, because you, you know why? Because that's what I what? have written down. <laughs> How is it possible that <laughs> you would have said that? I'll change mine, because... You don't have to. No, no, I'm following your... your. I couldn't believe... I'm like, he's going to say 82. He's going to say 82. <laughs> I wrote 82, um, but I'll defend the 85 I'm going to give it. Okay. <laughs> defend so that 85. I'll say 85. Um, I, I kind of... I, I disagree with you on the Ghost Recon portion because I do enjoy the Ghost Recon games. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and in fact, I have a very um, strong fondness for like Ghost Recon um, uh, Advanced Warfighter, um, mm -hmm. which is one of the one of my favorite coach co-op games where it had four player split screen. Um, um, it wasn't Advanced Warfighter; it was the one before that, which I'm blanking on the name. Anywho. Uh, this game definitely borrows a lot from Wildlands, uh, mm -hmm. which I think when you mentioned like uh, Borderlands Three, like kind of being the same, like I feel like this will, will take that penalty as well a little bit. Uh, watching the uh, E3 footage and even the like the reveal they did before E3, the game looks good, but it's not it's not doing a lot different than Wildlands did. Um, with except for the things you mentioned, like the the new wound system and and um, the cover system, where you can like roll in mud and be camouflaged, 
But and can't you like cut through fences or something? Yeah, you can cut through <laughs> fences, but I'm sure it's specific fences. Um, you do still have a squad, um, uh, but they're saying the AI is better. Um, I, and I can't remember. I don't in Wildlands. You don't have a squad that's AI. It's just you. So I believe in this, it's an AI squad with you. I could be totally okay. wrong, but I've only ever played Wildlands with other people, and they've never filled in AI. Right, into right, those right. games. So I believe that's how it is. Um, so I think it's it's changing some things. I know I kind of put it around. Actually, I'm going to stick with my 82 because um, that's a big, that three points is a big swing. Um, I feel like it's going to score low. I feel like I will uh, probably enjoy it more than an 82. Uh, mm-hmm. But I feel like uh, review wise, I think it's probably going to set it an 82 ish. All right, so that is Ghost Recon Breakpoint. Josh and I both are picking 82. Next on the list, a little shooter from a company who, you know, puts out a shooter a year or so. Uh, Coming out October 25th, Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Not Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare. No, just Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Out October 25th, they just had their worldwide multiplayer reveal lot back on august 1st josh what are you thinking about this game because it has definitely had some controversy well before this game has come out yet sure um i can tell you what i think about it from the reveal it looks pretty boring uh but wow uh, the the uh, addition of crossplay mm-hmm. and to be able to select your input device when being match made is right. pretty huge uh, and I think this is, I think this is going to be the first game that actually launches with full true crossplay support, not a game that has it added in afterwards. Like this is a game that comes out PC, PS4, Xbox, choose your peripheral, use a mouse and keyboard and your Xbox if you want or don't. Uh, it's going to include a battle royale. We know that now hundred player battle royale. It's going to have a story mode, which is maybe big. Who knows now? Uh, we imagine to be big. I, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm playing it safe with a ninety, and I think it's crazy to say that ninety is safe. But I really don't know where this is going to be. I feel, I feel like it could be all over the place. But right. it all, just like a Nintendo game, it also has a Call of Duty bump. And Call of Duty games, we've talked about this before. Whether we agree with the score or not, I always tend to think it's scored higher than the game is. Um, because Call of Duty's talking about games that do the same thing every year and continuously get high scores. Like, it's not changing too much. And even if you watch the multiplayer reveal, it's not changing too much. The gameplay feels the same to me watching it. But... What's everyone waiting for with Modern Warfare? They're waiting for the story. Uh, and apparently the Battle Royale, which I thought they would leave out, but I'm <laughs> a fool <laughs> for thinking that. Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, this game, I think it looks amazing. I think graphically this game looks pretty spectacular. And I think, you know... A lot of people feel that Call of Duty is, quote-unquote, the same game every year with a couple, you know, changes. 
But they do some things, I think, really well. Personally, the way that shooting in the game feels to me is the best feeling shooter out there. I, I still believe that to be true. And they always hit a rock solid 60 frames a second. They never have any issues with that. So I think there are some things to be commended there that the gameplay tends to be very good all of the time. I am interested, though, with the story for this the, in the campaign. There has been some conversations had that they are definitely going to be doing some very controversial things as part of that campaign and who knows from you know this has all been talked about from previews of how that's all going to land is it controversy for the sake of controversy uh if you remember back for i think it was modern warfare 2 that had the no russia mission yeah uh, things of similar levels of controversy, if not more than that, is apparently what's going to be coming. As well as even now, there's been the chatter about them having the white phosphorus kill streak as part of the multiplayer and their response to it not being a big deal because multiplayer is just all about fun. Um, <laughs> Which is so I do bad PR <laughs> especially you know right now. Uh, so I do kind of wonder what that might potentially do to their scores. I think ninety is very optimistic of you. Yeah. Uh, you know, even the most recent Call of Duties, even when they're scoring, are typically scoring in I, I think the mid eighties. Um, I think this game looks really good. Graphically, I'm very impressed with what it does graphically. I think, though, it's going to rub some critics the wrong way, even if the gameplay is very good. I feel like there are going to be some folks who aren't super happy with the themes and maybe the way they handle some things. So I'm going to say it's going to get an 82. Oh, big swing between us big, and there. <laughs> yeah, so that's where I'm going with 82 for Call of Duty Modern Warfare. All right, next game on the list is a game that, hey, apparently is coming to Switch as well and is also coming out October 25th. That is The Outer Worlds. Hmm. Is, this a, is this a game you're excited about? I thought so. <laughs> what do you mean you thought so? <clears throat> well, there was a Kotaku stream over the weekend uh -huh. uh, where they played it. This is one of those games that tricked me into thinking it's not Fallout. It's it's Fallout. It's oh, not yeah, it's as much of a shooter as they were showing it off to be at E3. It is Fallout New Vegas yeah, in space. Uh, that is like the least appealing to me out of any game we're talking about at this point now. Oh, okay. I, I'm not a Fallout guy. Um, yeah, I'm not really either. So I watched some of the playthrough and uh, literally my ears were like, someone was screaming Fallout in my ear like the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> um, so for me, a game that I was very excited about coming out of E3 and putting this ugh, at a 75 and that's just wow. because I don't know that I saw anything different in this game that they they like pump this game up to be so different and big and huge and and maybe it is but for me to immediately see Fallout within the first three minutes of that game play mm -hmm. not only was it but the first seven minutes of the gameplay was just a conversation with an, an NPC. Yeah. And I'm like, ugh, this is, looks terrible. Fast forward to combat. Oh, no, it's VATS, but it's not. Like, it. it's just a huge turnoff to me. So I know this is a big Fallout, obviously fan base out there, but um, this one I'm, I'm rating by the heart. 75. 
for the Outer Worlds. You know, it's really unfortunate that the Outer Worlds and the Outer Wild have such similar names because yeah. <laughs> I think when it comes to Game of the Year, people are going to start getting very, very confused very, very quickly. I, I can't decide. I, I was very excited about Outer Worlds, but like you, I'm getting a little less excited about it now. I do enjoy the fact that it's supposed to be a bit of a shorter RPG, that it's not going to be something that's going to take me 100 hours to finish. But I don't know how excited I am for that world. And like you, I did watch some of the gameplay of it recently. And it was interesting because I was watching it on the PlayStation blog, which is funny because it's being published by a, a company. Well, <laughs> the game's being developed by a company that's owned by Microsoft. And the, anyway, um, which obviously they're not publishing this game. But Fallout 3 or Fallout New Vegas, though, really seems to be a game that has a very strong and passionate fan base. And this seems kind of like to be a new take on Fallout New Vegas. And I think in the press world, there are a lot of people who really enjoy that game. So I think this is, from a critic standpoint, going to talk to people uh, similarly to the way Fallout New Vegas did. And though I don't think it's going to be a runaway success, I do think it's going to get an 80, is what I am saying. Okay. So that is where I am at for the Outer Worlds. All right. The next game on the list is a game <laughs> that I have absolutely no idea how this is going to go. Uh, the Atur himself, Hideo Kojima, releases Death Stranding for the PlayStation 4 exclusive on November 8th. Josh, is this... I, I feel like... Well, number one, is this game coming out this year? Oh, I, I it hadn't even crossed my mind that it would be delayed. So, yeah, I think, okay. it, I think it is. Okay. With that in mind, what in the world score is this game going to get? Well, I... Couldn't put question marks, um, but that's what I wanted to put. <laughs> so I put what I guessed to be the safest bet uh, for a score. I put 80 because I don't know what the heck this game is going to do. Yeah, I don't know what it's going to get either. I really don't know. 80. Why 80? Because it won't get it won't be in the 60s and I'm guessing it won't be in the 90s, but it could be 99. Like this could be the greatest game ever made. Uh, but even if it's terrible, people, <laughs> critics will not put it below a 70. I'm pretty sure about that because of who it is. Yeah. And that's where I'm getting caught up because Metal Gear Solid got a 94. Yeah. Metal Gear Solid 2 Sons of Liberty got a 96. Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater got a 91. Uh, Metal Gear Solid 4 Guns of the Patriots got a 94. And Metal Gear Solid Five: The Phantom Pain got a 93. That seems high for five. So that's like the Kojima bump, right? <laughs> right. I, and, I, and that's where I, I don't know. I feel like this game is going to score very high. Or honestly, I think it's going to be a complete whiff. I think it's going to be one of the two. I don't think it's just going to be fine. But I think even if, with a whiff, they give him a 75. Okay. Okay, like so that's why you're saying 80. Yeah, they give him like, it's like he, he took a big step. He went through a lot. He's in his own studio. Like, people are sympathetic to that, too. I don't think they're going to crush him. All right. You know, Josh, I'm not a huge Kojima guy. I'm not a huge fan of Metal Gear Solid. I think they're fine. That's crazy. That's the craziest thing that, that, we've, that I've heard today. Because I don't understand how not... people can't love his games. You love his games? Oh, man. The Metal Gear series is incredible. See, I, my problem is is that I really enjoy story in games, and I have no idea what's ever happening. <laughs> oh, well. 
I mean, there's a lot of story in Metal Gear. If you oh, just no, focus, a lot. if you just focus on Snake's story, it's still hard at some points, but it's way easier than the whole Metal Gear story. Right. Okay. So I don't want to play it safe. I I want to be bold, and I want, and I'm trying this year, like I do typically when we do this, to make positive assumptions. I'm going to take a big swing here. I'm going to say that you know there was a recent article that Troy Baker said that Death Stranding is going to move the entire medium of games forward. That he that this game is going to make a statement that is going to resonate. So I'm going to say, and Troy Baker, I trust. Don't let me down, Troy Baker. I want to say Death Stranding gets a 94. I hope it gets a 70. That will be so funny to me. <laughs> <laughs> now, you know what? If I if I lose because of that, I'm fine with it because I took a big swing. Yeah. I was I was considering going 70. I, I was going to do one of the two extremes. So there we go. 94 for a Death Stranding, according to me. Josh says it's going to get an 80. Oh, boy. That's going to be an interesting one. I'm very, very curious to see how that game does more than anything. All right, three games left, so we're driving to home here. The next game coming out November 15th, Pokemon Sword and Shield. Josh, I know you are just the largest Pokemon mm-hmm. fan of anyone I know. I can't wait. <laughs> what score are you using? Are you using the score for Sword or for Shield? So that's the thing I have to figure out. I think... Okay, sorry for the keyboard clacks that are about to happen, everyone. Pokemon. I'm looking at Pokemon right now on Metacritic because I honestly didn't look. Oh yeah, they do give ultras. They do separate them, don't they? Yeah, because apparently the game is better if you have different Pokemon. <laughs> and yes, I said Pokemon. So get off my back, Nintendo people. Intentionally. So, man, I'm trying to see if they're actually because some of the most of them so far have been the same score. I think if someone gets the score, we just have to give it to them if it's one of them, right? Here's what I'm going to do. I am going to... We're just going to give whichever score is closer. Gotcha. So if you say it's an 80... So let's say you say it's an 85 and Sword gets an 86 and Shield gets an 88, you'd get the score, the points for the 86. Okay. Okay. So there's the clarification, everyone, because <clears throat> I didn't clarify that in the rules. For Pokemon Sword and Shield, you will get... Whichever score is closest to your score, you'll get the points for that one. So the score I have written down is an 84. I thought you were going to guess it in your example. You were pretty close. (laughs) Uh, 84. uh, Just because I don't know Pokemon games and how they they score. So, uh, yeah. How many Pokemon games have you played? Um, How many have I played? Yep. Like fully or just in general? Just in general that you've experienced. One. Oh, okay. All right. Pokemon Go Eevee. <laughs> <laughs> and only because I played with my wife using the other Switch controller. Gotcha. So, yeah, I've never played. The only Pokemon game I've ever played is Pokemon Go. I've oh, never played, I played a Pokemon. Pokemon Stadium. Does that count? And Snap? Sure. I guess. If you want them to. So to I don't want them to, but I do. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. So I'm not much of a Pokemon person, clearly, but people seem to like their Pokemons. Uh, so I'm going to give it an 87. Okay. I think 87 seems like a nice, solid score for, for Pokemon Sword and Shield. And again, like I said, you only get to pick one score, but whatever is closer is the one you'll get points for. So there we go. Pokemon Sword and Shield. Josh says 84. I say 87. 
Two games left. Second to last game, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order out November 15th. Josh, what do you think? This is another gamble game, right? Like, we really don't know where this is going to land at this point. Uh, right. But from what we've seen so far, well, I'll say this. What we've seen so far, I've liked. And then I heard that it's even better than what we've seen. And mm-hmm. the game really opens up from what we've seen. Uh, so I'm putting it at an 87. I think that's like that's my safe bet. I think it could be it could be a five point swing on either side of that, really. But I think the eighty seven is a good guess. I think your eighty seven is a really solid guess and, and in the ballpark of where I was as well. Uh yeah, I don't know what to think of this game. I know I'll play it probably, and it looks cool and I like the developer, so all of those things are good. So you know what? Well yeah. I'm gonna go eighty six. Nice. So, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Josh is saying an 87. I am saying an 86. And the final game, Doom Eternal, out November 22nd. What are your thoughts on this newest, this newest, the new Doom game? Josh, where do you think this guy's going to land? I'm thinking or looking at an 81. Did you play uh, Doom 2016? I did. Uh, And what did you think of it? It was okay. I wasn't oh. as high as everyone else was on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think um, so. Donnie just just started playing Doom <clears throat> Three on the Switch, which is a game yeah. I was very fond of. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's the Doom I prefer. I feel like the newest Doom spe- like took that game and sped it up a bunch, and I'm not a big fan of. Um, basically what Quake Arena meets Doom. Like, I'm not a big right. fan of the speed and the super crazy far jumping and stuff like that. I prefer my Doom to be, like, uh, more like the Dead Space kind of, like, thriller okay. aspect of the game. So that's why I really like Doom 3. And um, Doom was fine. I mean, it looked great. Uh, the, it, 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 it moved smooth. Uh, it just was, you know, a little too fast and cartoonish for me right gotcha okay so 81 new doom i'm gonna say 85 Hmm. this game looks pretty good it looks like they took all the things from doom 2016 and and turned them up a slight notch so hopefully that is a good notch of a turn up uh and uh, yeah i think i enjoyed the 2016 version i'm hoping i will enjoy this one as well uh, so, yeah, I'm saying 85 for Doom Eternal. That's all of it, Josh. How do you feel about your list? I feel good. Uh, you know, but I always feel good about my list, and usually it's bad. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I just hope we get a lot of participation. I'd love to see our listeners uh, win stuff from us. So, I hope people participate and have fun. I agree. And speaking of participation, I tried to make this year's participation as easy as I could. And I did that by I made a Google form. So this will be when this episode goes live. It'll be our pinned tweet. Uh, We'll have it in the discord that you can join if you want to hang out on discord and chat with us. It will be on the blog site. And I created a bit.ly link for it as well. So everything is lowercase. Um, it's just bit.ly slash metafall, M-E-T-A-F-A-L-L. So bit.ly dot L-Y slash metafall. 
Just go there. That'll bring you right to the Google form. You'll put in your name. It's got all of the rules and all that good stuff. And then it literally is just a list of 10 games and you plug in what you think your scores are going to be. And it will even send you a receipt if you want. So you can remember what you guessed. So I like to think I made it pretty easy. You don't have to type a, send us an email and type in all the games. Just go to bit.ly slash metafall, all lowercase. Just remember that dot between the B-I-T and the L-Y. And yeah, fill out your form. Let us know how you think things are going to go. Um, the big thing, entries are due by 11.59 p.m. on Sunday, September 1st. That hopefully should get us entries in before then we get the results of the Gears 5 reviews. So again, submissions are due by 11.59 p.m. on Sunday, September 1st. Uh, yeah, like I said, the rest of the rules are there. I'll probably update it might not be updated by the time you hear this, but I'll just update it for Sword and Shield. We'll give you whichever one is closest to your guess. Josh, anything else you think is important for folks to know? No. Uh, I think you did a great job, and I'm excited to see the results. Awesome. I am as well. Well, everyone, we really hope you do choose to participate. Like I said... You can win a gift card for getting first. You can win a gift card for getting second and potentially just getting some scores exactly right or some other weird thing that we come up with uh, will be another way that you can potentially win some prizes. So, Josh, I think we've been going long enough this evening. Hmm. What do you think we what do you say we wrap some things up? I think why not? Oh, cool. So, (laughs) hey, everyone. This is obviously a gaming podcast, and we talk about games a ton, but we also want to leave you with a recommendation or something else we're into that's helping us live a well-rounded life currently. Josh, what is your recommendation for our dear listeners? Oh, well, just like my video game and board games, I, d- I don't know if I have a great well-rounded life recommendation. Um, it's just been kind of nuts. Uh, if I could say... I mean, I don't want to recommend Captain Marvel because it's been out forever. Um, That's okay. You can still recommend it. But I'll, well, I'll say this. So um, do something – what is the way I want to word this? Maybe do something that maybe you don't want to do so that it benefits other people in your life for the better. Uh, that, And I'm saying this because – so I had to pick up a couple extra shifts on the weekends because we're, you know, we're doing a lot of work and – um, that meant I didn't get to go to the beach with my son and my wife on Saturday. They, you know, I, they went and I was sweating away at work and, you know, that's tough to, to do as a dad and, and as a husband, but then to like see photos of like your, the kid running around and having a blast, um, you know, it, it makes, it, there's this like line you have to draw, like, do I tell them not to go without me so I can enjoy those moments? Uh, or, you know, or the more, the, the reason, the thing I came, landed on was like, I'm doing something that I don't want to do so that people around me can be happy. And mm-hmm. obviously they missed, like, I know they missed me. It's nice to be missed, but they get to go spend a day at the beach because I'm working extra, because I'm making the sacrifice. Um, and I don't do it very often. So when I do it, I like to know that it's for a reason. So if you can do something, go out of your way, or even if it's just in your regular job to make other people happy, then I would say that will surely 
give you a well-rounded life, if anything. Well, that sounds awesome. Be a little selfless, help others out, and it makes just the world a bit of a better place, and I think we could definitely use that right now. Uh, my recommendation is similar in the sense of more, I guess, actually, this is more like doing something for yourself, but... <laughs> um, as I mentioned at the top of the show, I did go to a concert a couple weekends ago. I'm someone who I know I've mentioned this probably about a year ago or so, how important music is to me and that when I was a younger person, I went to concerts all the time. Uh, I one time had a list of the bands I had seen in concert and it was well over 200. Um, so for me, music has always been a really essential and important thing. And because of where I live right now, that opportunity is, does not present itself as, as often as it used to uh, or as much as it used to. But if you have the opportunity to go see a band or a group or someone that you really enjoy perform music in person with other people, it is an absolutely amazing, stellar, cool experience. There's just something about being in camaraderie with others who are there to celebrate you know, a band or a group that you all enjoy. Uh, there's just a really cool feeling about being together and, and having that experience. So seek out live music. Uh, find, you know, lesser known artists maybe who could – who it would mean a lot to have some people out there supporting them. Uh, and, and just get out there and, and see some people – pour their soul into the things they perform because I think it's something very, very special that we don't get to see very often. And I don't think we take advantage of as often as we should. So go check out some live music and, and see people do amazing things. Josh, what do you say we wrap this show up? Let's do. Thank you for joining us, everyone. Uh, in addition to finding us on Twitter and Instagram at Board with VG, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Board with VG. So feel free to give us a five-star rating over there. Uh, also, if you want to communicate in the more long form or you're just not feeling social media, please feel free to send us an email over at boardwithvg at gmail.com. We tag our stuff with hashtag boardwithvg, so please use that hashtag as well on all social media so we can see what you're up to, just like Kevin Austin playing Go Nuts for Donuts uh, just today. Uh, whatever podcast service you're listening to us on, we encourage you to give us a stellar rating. That is, whether you're downloading us from the PSVG feed, the Dice Tower Network feed, or our very own standalone Board with Video Games feed. You can find me on Xbox Live, PlayStation Network as Why So Serious, that's S-I-R-R-I-U-S. I have that switch. You'll never get my switch code because I will never remember <laughs> to write it down. Kyle, where can people find you? So you can find me at all the usual places, Twitter, Instagram, PlayStation Network, Xbox Live, Board Game Geek, all at PsychoCross, C-Y-C-O-C-R-O-S-S. Again, remember, Metafall, we'd love for you to participate, bit.ly slash Metafall, all lowercase, uh, which is important for bit.ly's, so make sure that everything is lowercase there. Have that in by the end of the day on September 1st to participate, so you can win some sweet prizes as always, if you have suggestions for future topics, be sure to reach out to us on the social media because we want to talk about what you want to hear about. And I'm going to be honest, we have episode 100 coming up and I don't exactly know what to do for that. So, yeah, if you have ideas about what we should do for episode 100, let us know. Also, homework time for everyone. I am assigning homework, kind of like a uh, game club, but it's a but it's a show and you have to watch <laughs> one episode of a show. Uh 
even if you don't wrestle, watch the rest of the episodes, it's okay. Uh, there's a show on Netflix called Patriot Act. For the first episode this of the new season that just came out uh, today, Sunday, August 4th, when we're recording, it is about video game development and whether or not they should organize or unionize. Oh. I have not watched it yet, but I think it'd be great if we all watched it and then had a conversation about it next week. Netflixation. There there is a Netflixation, kind of. But specific, (laughs) since it is about video game uh, work conditions and unionization, check out the episode that released today, Sunday, August 4th, uh, on Patriotic Act on Netflix, uh, and check that out, and we'll probably talk about it next week. But remember, everyone, whether it be board games or video games, never stop gaming. Thank you.